0: Present. Travis, we have a Patreon site. Yes, we do. Patreon is a crowdfunding website that uh, mm-hmm. allows creators of stuff uh, to give their consumers of the stuff they make a chance to contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we have one at patreon.com slash Uh It is really us just asking for a little help with some of the... Uh, sort of day-to-day costs of producing this podcast coffee and hosting coffee and hosting and a little bit of uh, taking care of your equipment yeah. which you donate to love it yes um, so yeah again patreon.com slash jamie and travis present uh we would really appreciate you checking it out but even if you don't check it out we really appreciate you listening thanks thanks Um, so we're here with Glenn Marangelo today. Um, thank you so much for coming. You're welcome. It's Thanks nice for having me. It's nice to meet me. you. Um, you work for the Insectarium in Missoula. Yes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your position, first of all?
1: Well, um, I it's kind of a couple different hats because I was there for the birth of the idea that kind of has formed the the insectarium. So um, I am currently the part-time development director, but I'm one of the founding board members. So okay. I've kind of well, been there since the inception. That's a cool place to
0: start. Why Why was this an idea? <laughs> well, it actually,
1: um, it actually comes down to my wife, who was at the time working for a researcher at the university that was studying um, genetic trade-offs in dung beetles. And so they had you know, live insects. And, and as part of their uh, funding, it required them to go into local schools and do a little bit of programming. So she would be the one to bring some bugs into the classes and do some programming for kids. And, you know, I mean, bringing live bugs to kids is like a moth to a flame and their interest was immediate. Yeah. And she just really saw that insects were an amazing tool, to catch kids' interest in science and be able to teach a wide variety of different um, subjects, you know, based on the different species that you have or the different things that you look at in terms of what insects do for our lives, and that kind of that kind of got the idea rolling. So awesome,
0: yeah. So so you guys are basically like a little mini zoo. Right?
1: Yeah, yep. I mean, we do have um, some pinned specimens um, for displayed for specific purposes, but the basis is really just live. Insects and the for me, I think the um, and for most people that visit, I think one of the more exciting things is we've got a animal animal encounter area where people can kind of touch and hold and learn more of the details about some of the species that we have there. So I think that's kind of where you really see the enthusiasm come through. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, how many bugs? Oh boy, um, like a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean. Officially on display for the exhibits that we have, I would say there's, on any given day, maybe 19 that are out in the different terrariums and things like that. But then we've got a variety of other species that we use for for, um, specific programs. Um, Yeah, in terms of individual species... We've got to have at least 40 different things, I don't think, and we've gross. got... Gross, <laughs> gross, I mean... I love it. Gross. <laughs> tra- tarantulas alone, we probably have about 50, 15 tarantulas, probably. And, different kinds? Yeah. Do you have that bird-eating one? We've got the, a Goliath bird-eater. She's amazing. That's Polly. She's kind of our rock star. What does um, that mean? How
0: is, it a, how is she a rock star?
1: <laughs> Just because people <laughs> people come in and see this spider that's like bigger than any spider they have ever imagined. How big? much I mean she's she would be she's still growing. Um, I would call her medium size so she's probably has like a seven or eight inch leg span or so. Oh, so I mean, she's medium. Yeah, I mean a, a large goliath bird eater can get to about the size of a dinner plate or so so they can get huge so she's <laughs> she's pretty hefty. And, and so people see her and especially the ones that are lucky when we do um, when we feed her um, birds <laughs> yeah yeah we go out and catch it <laughs> um, no she she gets a, she gets a sizable cockroach once a week but okay. um, you know for the most part a lot of the species that we have um, by nature are not super active I mean they kind of conserve their energy reserves yeah. for the most part and then a lot of them are are more active at night so Sometimes you know Polly's just kind of hanging out, but when you feed her, it's pretty eye popping. Yeah, no, no.
0: Does she like suck the the juice out of it or something? Yeah, I
1: mean she'll jump on whatever you feed her. I mean she (laughs) will. I mean she doesn't jump um, very far. I mean she'll just all of a sudden it'll just be a burst of speed and energy, and she'll grab whatever you feed her. And all spiders are venomous, so they'll give it, you know, they'll sink their fangs in, give it a little bit of a venomous bite. But spiders don't uh, digest their food the same way we do internally. They actually, it's called exodigestion. And so she'll inject some of her stomach enzymes into the cockroach and kind of make it all gooey and liquidy because she can drink things, but she can't, like, take a bite and chew things. So all spiders pretty much make, like, a a soup out of whatever they're going to eat.
0: And how long so, does that? Can you like watch that? Ha, the, yeah, the cockroach dissolve.
1: Yeah, I mean, for her with a big cockroach, it'll probably take her four to eight hours to to eat her meal. That's pretty fast, though, if you consider that. I mean, yeah, it's yeah.
0: dissolving.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It's Ugh. it's yeah. Full disclosure, so. that's
0: why
2: you're here and we're not there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we thought we'd do a little tour of the insectarium. <laughs> I know we thought about that, and we're like, oh, they're gonna make us touch something. They're gonna make us touch millipede. I don't want to do it. I'm I okay. Have, I have a
0: weird. I, as I'm sure a lot of people do, and I know that it's totally not rational. But I do like spiders. Uh, spiders are one of the few animals that really get me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think it's just because they're so leggy, and and to be honest, I mean, I they give me the creeps to a degree. I mean, I've got tarantulas that I I hold in our. You know, we're trying to get tarantulas at the insectarium that we are very confident are hand friendly, so people that want to hold one. Can do that. We we're not. We don't have any yet that we're super confident in. Um, could could a trained person hold, uh, Polly? Um, maybe not. Insane person, maybe. maybe, insane maybe. Person. No, no. I mean, people do um, handle Goliath bird eaters, but uh, it's interesting because if you actually handle one. You don't want to um, have it very high up off the ground because tarantulas are surprisingly fragile. So, if you even drop one like two feet, it can crack its exoskeleton ex- oh, really? and die. Yeah. So, um, I tried to handle her when we first got her, and she. She had no interest. Didn't like it. Yeah, and
0: you can't like grab her because you'll break her.
1: Yeah, and she—I mean—her threat display is to raise her legs up and show her fangs, and her fangs are probably close to about an inch long. So
2: good lord. Yeah, that was that was it. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, because
0: it's not only the legginess of them that's scary; it's also the, the long fangs. Well, yeah, and, like, the, the, the whole fang- dissolving the fangs, you. I guess. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the whole dissol- digesting you outside. <laughs> oh wow. Um, yeah. So, so okay. The spiders. Okay. So, do you see people generally? Because you know, the, for most of us, right? Like, there's no reason for us to be scared of spiders. It's just the leginess, the whatever built-in creepiness we have. W- do you find that when people are forced to sort of get close to them that they that they their perception has changed? At all? Yeah. And that, well, and that's that's really
1: um, you know boiling it down. That's what we want to have happen if somebody kind of visits that's a little freaked out. Is that um, they'll get a better appreciation that all these things are not out to get you and they're not, um, as creepy as you might think. Um, they, they serve incredibly important, um, services, Uh, For our planet and our ecosystems, pollination, decomposition, all these kind of things. And so, yeah, you definitely see people that come in that are terrified and and they they barely, they can't even look into a terrarium and see like a spider or something like that. Or if if they're at the encounter area and their friend's holding something, they're like, no way, I don't want to do it. And and after a while, they kind of overcome their fear. And then once they you know, once you realize it's not that bad, then it's like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. And so, yeah, we see a lot of um, um, thresholds overcome. Yeah, for sure.
0: Whew. <laughs> Travis, you know, well, what is your uh, relationship with bugs, Travis?
2: Well, I'm the I'm the resident bug killer of our house. Oh. I'm the one who deals with it, and I don't have a problem with it because the even our biggest spider doesn't doesn't bother me. Yeah, like I always I always tell Bridget that they're more scared of us than than you should be scared of it. Just get it. Go get it. Let's go get it. It's not going to do anything. But uh, uh, when you offered, uh, you offered for I did a I did the fundraising commercial mm-hmm. for you guys. Uh, uh, when you offered for us to come in and check it out, I I thought about it pretty hard. Oh, I don't know. I, I love going to zoos and looking at snakes and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And I love the the glass wall, but. I, I, even I was like... And I tried to get Bridget to go, come on, let's go look at these giant spiders. You'll love it. It'll be great. Come on, come on. I think See we have to milliliter. get you to the Insectarium. Oh, I'll go check it out. Yeah. I'm not scared of them, because you're not going to make me touch it. It sounds like... You just It said, sounds like
0: you're a little scared of them. <laughs> well,
2: that one. <laughs> Wait. Inch fangs? Yeah, scare yeah that, that one. one. It sounds like they're scared of that one, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, um, I She's my one of my favorites, just because... I, she's just amazing, but I... I have a healthy
0: respect for a number of things that we have. Yeah. Oh well, let's yeah. talk about some other dangerous ones. Then we'll, well talk about all the nice <laughs> ones. Yeah. I but mean, the dangerous ones are fun. Let's talk
2: about how well, dangerous the insectarium okay. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh,
1: um, no. 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 Well, we. I mean, we've got black widow spiders, <clears> which um, they're. I mean, when you look at one, they are gorgeous. I mean, they're amazing yeah. spiders. But um, uh, you know, obviously, it's not one that we handle, and it's great to have out. At our encounter area for people to look at, and we can talk a little bit more about them, so people know what a black widow looks like if they don't know. Because
0: they might encounter
1: them. Like but then they also need to realize that even though a black widow is probably one of the more dangerous things we have there in terms of the venom, they're not aggressive. They don't go after you. Um, I've, I've I've seen people hold black widows before. Um, they're not, um, you know, again, they're not aggressive. So it, you. You kind of have to be in the wrong place at the wrong time right. to be bitten yeah. by one and so you know it can happen and if it happens it's not a not a good and pleasant thing but uh but you kind of learn that these things serve a purpose and they're not out to get you and uh and if you see one you know just give it its its space right there yeah. were black widows in
0: the crawl space next door
2: yeah they are they've been here oh really yeah
0: they are scary. Yeah, but, yeah. But I've never. But yeah, I don't even. You see, when you see them, it's sort of like, how would you get bit by them?
2: Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to try to catch it. You have to try to hold uh, it. <laughs> I'm not yeah, you either to catch
1: have to have to try to catch one, or um, not knowing its web is there, and mistakenly like basically put your hand on it, or if the fe- you know if the female has an egg sac, they can get a little defensive of that. But you know you. You'd really just have to be in the right, wrong place at the wrong time, yeah. or you know, try to be bitten by one of these things.
0: So, do the do the bugs? Can do any of the species intermingle? Like, can they be in a, in one enclosure together?
1: Um, I'm just trying to think of an example. I, uh, I think we may have had like some roly polies, like the mill, um, I mean the uh, yeah. the pill bugs, um, in a terrarium because they kind of of something else because they keep it cleaner. They help, you know, eat the waste and stuff like that. But for the most part, we've got things separated. Um, there would be things that you'd be able to have together. We do have some terrariums where we've got multiples of, um, you know, certain animals like cockroaches or you know, you can put a ton of them together and they're yeah. they're happier, the more the merrier. Um, but then there's things like uh, praying mantises that they're, for the most part, you don't want to put multiples in a, um, in a terrarium because soon you'll have one. Because they'll, you know, they'll one will eat the other, or, um, but then there are mantises that can live kind of together as long as they've got enough food. So, yeah. um, but I don't think we've—I can't think of anything offhand that we've got different species in one terrarium
0: at the moment. The praying mantis. So we, for years, I tried to hatch praying mantis eggs yeah. in the house, and it never worked. And then two, was it two years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in in this room over here. And they were under heat light, and I just had kind of given up. It'd been like eight weeks since I got the egg sac and the mail. Yeah, meal they take up. a while. And I kind of was like, "Yeah, it's just not going to happen." I w- sort of was feeling like it should happen, like when I opened the package. Uh, <laughs> was, I know, it, add water and yeah, yeah, like that's you know that's how everything else is. Um, and then one day I came down, and the little thing they were in had like 500 praying mantises. Yeah, it. it's amazing. And I built this, this. I put them in a terrarium, put like this mesh thing over, and we put all our pepper plants that had aphids on them in there, mm-hmm. and going down there with a magnifying glass, and just watching the praying mantis stalk an aphid. They're hardcore. I mean, an hour would go by instantly. Yeah. And not, I mean, nothing really happens most of the time. <laughs> but yeah. And you could watch them forever. I mean, relatively
1: speaking, they eat a lot, but, you yeah, know, I mean, after, they, they'll have a pause in between meals
0: for sure. So but. do you guys have a couple different kinds of mantis? Yeah, we've got. Um, I mean, we've had
1: a variety of different ones. We've got ghost mantises that are from, I think, West Africa. Um, dead leaf mantises from Asia. Uh, we've had European mantises, which are might have been the one you had the egg case from. Okay, um, you can find them here in Missoula occasionally, and uh, um, Chinese mantises, and my favorite, which uh, we're hoping to get um, some. Uh, replacements soon because mantises don't live for very long in general. But there's a mantis called an orchid mantis, which is as they're growing in the nymph stage, they're white and pink, and so on an orchid um, oh, cool. flower, they just disappear. They yeah. blend in, and they're incredible. That's wild. Yeah.
0: How does the acquiring these bugs work? Um,
1: mail order. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much. Uh, well, there's there's a lot of things we just. Go online and their suppliers, and we can order a variety of things. With the caveat that some species are permitted species, meaning that we've had to do things in the insectarium to be a certified um, USDA containment facility. So there's certain things, you know. Honestly, the USDA. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so they don't get out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the assurance is that they don't get out, and and. The restrictions aren't on the species that have really potent venom. They're on species that if they were to get out, they could eat native vegetation or become a crop pest. So, Yeah, so things like um, millipedes and certain beetles and... um, I'm just trying to think of the others. I mean, there's a wide variety of different ones. Um, The walking sticks, all these kind of walking sticks and stuff. In Montana, you know, if anything got out from our place, it it would never survive winter. And a lot of these things like humidity. And, you know, we don't really have great um, conditions for most of the species that we have. But uh, it's the same kind of regulations that um, we have to adhere to that if we were a facility in Florida or... California or Arizona or someplace right. where there's definitely more of a, a worry about things getting out and get established that aren't native species.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had es- escapees with no, in, Within no. the building? No, no, no. Well, we um, <laughs> like you turn around and Polly's not in her cage. No, Polly.
1: Yeah, Polly. We've we, we've got well contained for whatever reason. Um, we had some of our uh, we had some. Um, of the pill bugs, the the um, oh. pill bugs on display for this decomposition exhibit, and uh, and some of those somehow were getting out, but they were you know native native pill bugs, and they didn't get out of the insectarium itself. But we'd walk in in the morning, and there's like a half dozen crawling
2: around on the floor. So That's funny, um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, there's a there's an exhibit at the. Woodland Park Zoo that has a spider that doesn't have a cage. Yeah, and I always make Bridget. I made Bridget finally go see it. Wait, what? Yeah, it's just uh, it's the it's just there. You're just there with her, and uh, that's what we would like to have. Yeah, you can put your hand in it, and like she's just there, and she never leaves. And yeah, they just
1: because um,
0: they just don't move that much. Yeah, and she's
1: they're, gigantic. They're orb weaver spiders. These and and as long as they've got their web. And, you know, so usually the the exhibit without, like, the glass in front of it is up in a corner or something like that. And as long as the spider's getting food and, and it's not going to wander and look for food elsewhere and it's got its web there, so they pretty much stay there. So it's, it's a really neat exhibit because there's not too many things that you see that there's no separation between you and the animal that's on exhibit. So it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, it freaked me out first. Oh, yeah. I, I had to do it. I had to sit there for a second and just stare at it. This is okay. Was it this gigantic? Is okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're big.
0: Are, have you guys heard of this hun- huntsman spider? Is that real? Or I clicked on something and it was like at the bottom of an article and it was like, the biggest damn spider ever lives here. Yeah. And then it was this huntsman spider and it looked like it was... Yeah, they're huge. Like, really big. Well, so
1: they... Um, and I'm trying to remember if they're from Australia. It seems like everything big and dangerous is from
0: right? Australia. Right? Yeah. It's, um, it seems like a very stressful yeah. place. I know. to Recreate. So, so,
1: so it, that might they might be from Australia, but um, they are officially like the largest spider in terms of um, leg length or, or you know the, the size wise. Um, so they are even be bigger than the Goliath bird eater, but the but they're much um, thinner bodied. Spiders, so so they're they're not as heavy, but they're they're slightly larger. They're leggier, even
0: and and then they're like really very alien looking. Like they Uh latch onto the back of your brain and start controlling you. What was that terrible movie?
2: uh, Alien? No. Oh it it
0: is though no, but there's another one.
2: Oh, I don't remember. I don't, oh, that was so I bad. Um, Yeah, I can't. I can't do I mean, that. The the word "leggy" is making me uncomfortable. That's yeah. that's, that's literally yeah. the thing. I mean, that's a, the best way to describe it for me. Of like, oh yeah, that is what I'm worried about. They're like me. Like they have arms, and and like he, he'll he'll <laughs> if, maybe he'll shake my hand. But the deal. Or maybe of, he'll attack but the me. deal with spiders
0: is that they're eating things that are also creepy crawly. Yeah, and in often cases annoying.
1: Yeah, so they'll help in pest control, and well, I mean, you, you know, you get a big spider, and they'll eat mice and things like that. So, I mean, you'll they they'll help usually take out it's some like some cat. other things that are pests. Yeah, yeah, just a huge cat. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should get a leash
0: a leash for Polly. Oh,
1: um, so, what rim. are some other
0: rock stars at the insectarium right
1: now? Um, you know, there's. I, I always have i struggle if i try to pick my favorite um i don't think we've got any now we're waiting for eggs to hatch but um australian walking sticks are so you guys hatch the eggs there
0: too. well
1: on with some of them the um walking sticks are um in general there might i'm sure there's some exceptions but walking sticks can reproduce parthenogenically so they don't you don't need a male the females can just lay an egg that will produce a pretty much a genetic carbon copy of herself. So, so we, so our walking sticks, I mean, the Australian walking sticks, I think we've got, we're probably working on our fourth generation since we've opened. So you're breeding them. Yeah. So we'll we'll be able to breed those. She's just
0: doing it. Oh, and and, yeah.
1: And she'll just, yeah, they'll just, it's hard not to have them reproduce if you're giving them a a happy home. So, um, and then there's species we'd love to be able to breed, but they're extremely hard to breed in, in captivity Um, you know, some of the, some of the tarantulas just need, you know, very specific requirements or even the mantises. We haven't had any, any luck with that. We need to, which animals live the longest, um, I would say the tarantulas. some of the the females of some of the species we have can live about 25 years. No way. Yeah. Wow. That blows which, my mind. So, you know, if anybody just on a whim buys a tarantula, you need to realize that you're it's in for a commitment. I mean, the males only live until they reach sexual maturity, which is, you know, anywhere from five to maybe 10 years at the most. And then they pretty much die. But the females can live... Up to about 25. Females
0: are really, really in charge in the insect world, aren't yeah, they? Yeah,
1: definitely. De- I mean, there's. Um, there we're, we're working on an exhibit that um, will provide examples of the development of extreme weapons development in, in a variety of animals, but like in terms of insects with huge, massive horns. So the, the males may be showier in a lot of ways because they, they have you know, these massive horns are they're They can be sometimes larger in body, but the females definitely,
2: definitely rule. Yeah. Wow. Ugh. That's where we're headed. Oh, Okay. So <laughs> I am, I am worried about spiders. Okay. That's where we are. We've, we've come around to be, uh, I'll, I'll kill them for Bridget, but, uh, I will not, I will not hold one. <laughs> um, I get
0: it. Okay. So, uh, One thing that I feel like is becoming more of a hot topic is eating bugs. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only, like, in uh, hipster restaurants and Park Slope, but also as a means of, like, maybe solving a major protein problem in the world in the next generation. Yeah. Um, Is that part of your field of interest? And if so, can you tell us a little bit more about it?
1: Yeah, so we... um... We've got an, an event coming up on April 20th, which will be our third rendition of this, and it's called Bug Appetite. And so we partnered with Burn Street Bistro here in Missoula, which um, they're extremely creative and willing to try new things. Yeah. And so it's basically a three-course meal that has uh, a significant insect ingredient in each in each course. And, and the reason we did it is, um, you know, it's just kind of a fun little fundraiser to do, but it also creates more awareness of what we're doing, but also awareness to the fact that yes, I mean, insects are things that other countries have eaten for centuries. Right. Um, and for whatever reason in North America, we have just kind of put up, you know, the cultural roadblock in in terms of insects aren't things to eat. Well, they and, don't give
0: you diabetes, so we're yeah, yeah, and oh, and
1: they're they're <laughs> high in protein. I mean, vitamins. I mean, they're they're actually you know good for you. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so we're you know we're doing our little part to start breaking down, um, you know those those thoughts
0: about insects. So, so have you tried? You've you've eaten your fair share of bugs at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't you know dove in too deep, but you know I've eaten um, mealworms and scorpions and mealworms um, crickets and grasshoppers and
0: and is there a flavor difference or is a bug a bug
1: yeah no mealworms are actually um oh. kind of have this nutty like mushroomy oh. kind of taste and i really they're like actually, the sound of that it's actually really good <laughs> do um,
0: you like eat a spoonful of those
1: well and they're not they i i haven't eaten the only live insect i've ever eaten is an, an on purpose is an ant but um but these it are already like sweethearts.
0: Yeah, they're, they're... The big carpenter
1: ants? Well, this was called a honeypot ant. Which, Ooh, that sounds um, delicious. Yeah, and it was, it was really good. <laughs> uh, it was where, very good. Uh, where can I find this? I know. <laughs> but so, you know, these weren't, like, alive and wriggling, and, and they were um, cooked to a degree, uh, or to, uh, you know, a large degree. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, I don't know. I wasn't There wasn't a lot of squeamishness. You just need to get past that first bite and that whole disconnect your mind from what you're actually eating yeah. and just eat it and see what it tastes like. And, you know, it's not, I mean, I, I you know, I don't know if I would chomp into some huge grub that's wiggling around. I, you know, people do that. But yeah.
0: I, I think I'd have to It's, it's do the, a little more soul searching. The mental roadblocks <laughs> are complicated and they go down deep. Because, like, I think about eating a grasshopper or a cricket and it doesn't even remotely bother me yeah. at all and then i think about the image of a spoonful of mealworms yeah and that is so f- f- repulsive <laughs> <laughs> to me
2: like they're still moving yeah in, or in your in your in your, in your reservation. oh
0: yeah or not moving <laughs> or just freeze dried or whatever and it's still i don't know why it really <laughs> there's something about like maybe they just seem like maggots and they're not and maggots are always connected to something disgusting
1: i think something that would have a squish factor to it when you bit into it would would be a little challenging but you know so many um insects that are eaten when they're cooked they the texture changes and and they actually kind of get meaty like oh, there's people that eat tarantulas and i've heard that it's um Tastes like shrimp almost. It's, I, gonna, I knew you were going to say. I was going to say crawfish. I was yeah, say yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's you know that's the thing. I mean, at the insectarium, um, it's not just insects. So we've got arthropods. So you know that includes um, insects, centipedes, millipedes, crustaceans, and arachnids. So spiders and and they're all related to a degree. So you know what people don't realize is when you're eating shrimp or a lobster or a crab or whatever, you're actually eating an arachnid. I mean, oh, not yeah. an arachnid, um, an ar- arthropod, yeah, um, which is you know a relative of insects in in a way, and and so um, it's not surprising that some things kind of carry over in terms of wow, that tastes like this or that Man, tastes like if that. If you but sell
0: it that way, I mean, I feel like yeah, it, bringer, that's a little right? easier <laughs> to, to take. <taint. laughs> yeah, totally, yeah, totally. So would if if I want to, I'm I'm like now intrigued by the tarantula thing. Of course, <laughs> uh, are there? Can you like order these? things for food
1: you I think you can like but some of the more exotic things like a tarantula or the scorpions um, get pretty expensive just because I I don't believe that there's many if any sources within the United States for some of these things I mean the mealworms and the crickets and some of the grasshoppers I think can be you know somewhat sourced even locally there's a there's a place called cowboy cricket farms in Belgrade that produces food grade crickets um
0: Okay, food grade crickets. Yeah,
1: as opposed to the crickets you get at the pet store. Well, and I don't, I don't know gross. what the difference would be. I think it's just in terms of how they, um, they raise them. Yeah. But they, you know, one of their things that we sell at the insectarium is called a chocolate chirp cookie, and it's a really delicious chocolate chip cookie, but made with cricket flour, and it's got like each cookie's got the equivalent of like thirty crickets in it or something, and you would never know. Yeah. Um, the thing is. That's interesting is anybody that has a shellfish allergy should not eat insects because you know just like if you're allergic to shrimp and you can't eat shrimp, yeah. um the exoskeletons and and it's got the same you know components in it that would make you allergic so you you know shellfish allergies trans you know transform uh, over to uh that's insects as well but uh but i th- I think it's it's challenging to get um like a big grub or a big tarantula or scorpion um at a at a reasonable price i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, Yeah. i mean when we work with burn street bistro on this this dinner um you know they they hold back so this way the the price doesn't just go through the roof because there's things you can get
0: but they just cost a lot per per piece yeah. yeah um do you guys promote foraging for bucks is that something you have any experience
1: in um No, I mean, I've never, like, set out, um, go for a hike and collect a bunch of bugs to eat or anything like that. And, you know, and for the most part, you know, there's um, a lot of people will go and make insect collections or butterfly collections. And we don't really um, say yay or nay in in one direction. You know, I think it's it's up to the individual. I mean, I know me personally, I, I... I, my challenge is always photography of, of insects, and I try to capture everything that I can with photos. Occasionally, if it's something that we want for a specific display, we'll go out and, and harvest an individual and, and, and you know, kill it so it can be pinned. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's I think a lot of the places that grow, or, you know, you can really go and just collect a lot of wild bugs to eat, um, are, are areas that have a different kind of climate and environment where things are going to be higher in numbers and their reproductive rates are a lot bigger. And here in Montana, you know, just having whatever, four or five months where right. things are just really kind of hunkered down for the winter and, and not growing as much. We don't tend to have that same um, reproductive success for insects that, you know, it, it depends. I mean, you know, if you wanted to you know, skim out a whole bunch of uh, um, mosquito larvae from a lake or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure sh- that you'd be able to collect as many as you wanted to. But um, but for the most part, I don't think there's... Uh, I can't think of too many things where we would just have massive numbers right. of, uh, of these Right, which is things. what makes
0: Montana kind of great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
2: Winter kill is my favorite part about Montana. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so if people want to come to the Insectarium, uh, what are the... What are the sort of options you just show up and walk around or
1: yeah we've got um we're open to the public um wednesday through friday from 11 to 5 and then saturdays from 10 to 5 and then uh we do a lot of school field trips um so we do more organized programming with with classes and you know other groups that come in for um specific programming um uh, we do a lot of kind of special programs that are usually open you know, during open hours ex- with the exception of our Bugs and Brews um, lecture series, which is a lot of fun. Is that, um, what is that? So we, we generally have it <laughs> once a month. Um, Draft uh, Works has been an amazing beer supplier sponsor for us yeah. for, our, for the beers part of our Bugs and Brews lectures. But we get um, people come in and um, we have experts talk about a variety of different topics and so we'll have a lecture roughly once a month from january through you know may or so and we take the summer off and then kick it off in september through like november um take the holiday season off but uh people come in we've got the insectarium open for socialization and to check out some of the bugs cool we have the lecture um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really um, extremely popular, actually. It's really been growing. Awesome. Where, so, how
0: do people look out for stuff like that?
1: Um, you can check out our Facebook page under the um, events, um, tickets for... Well, we used to just have people just show up at the door... And, you know, they would pay their entrance fee, but it got so popular that we were needing to turn away like a ton of people, um, you know, after a little bit. And so now we're pretty much go through advanced uh, ticket sales. And so there's an event awesome. on, our, on our Facebook page. Yeah, that it's really fun. It's, it is a lot of fun. Are there snacks? <laughs> um, no, but we might have some snacks for our April uh, lecture because the April one will be on entomophagy or Eating. Insects, And so I think we might have like a bowl of like, you know, dried crickets that are, you know, That's awesome. flavored in some, some regard. So. <laughs> awesome. Um,
0: so what's, uh, what, first of all, how long has the Insectarium been operating?
1: Uh, well, I mean, we've, we've opened, we opened Insectarium in June of 2015, um, you know the idea goes years back, and we operated uh, pretty much just all volunteer bringing terrariums to a variety of events for a number of years before that so okay yeah. and
0: and it seems like things are going great
1: yeah i mean we've we've actually have um a very interesting opportunity that I can't share um, a lot of the details yet, but ever since we started <laughs> I know you're getting a little bit of the scoop um ever since we started. The organization, our vision has been to open a tropical butterfly house and an insect museum. Like a walk-through situation? Yeah, like if you've ever gone into one, you know, 80 degrees, 80% humidity, and you've got beautiful, (laughs) yeah, yeah, a little mini vacation for the winter, but, um... You know, as starting this organization from scratch, that's a pretty big item to, to jump into and to take on. So the Insectarium was really kind of our first step forward in, in trying to, you know, demonstrate what we wanted to do, what we're bringing to the community in terms of just something that's really unique and gain some traction. And so we've got an opportunity that's developing incredibly fast to take this next step forward to have the Butterfly House um, And, and, you know, probably twice the amount of exhibit space that we currently have, um, a larger um, room for our lectures. So this way maybe we won't sell out Bugs and Brews as fast or maybe we won't even sell it out. Yeah. Um, You know, we'll be able to accommodate just – it's it's that next level um, that we've been, you know, wanting to get to ever since we really started the organization. So – so that's that's kind of the 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 big news without sharing details at the moment. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. So we don't know. You can't give us a probability. Well,
1: I mean, we're we're waiting. I mean,
0: I feel it, like, like you just told us all the details. Well, I told you <laughs> no, but I, I haven't shared like no. where it is oh, okay. and and
1: who are because we've got this is coupled into an amazing partnership, and so, you know, we we don't want to jump the gun, okay. and, and so until our um, we've got an agreement in place and uh, and. We kind of know more of the details. We're, we're keeping it somewhat quiet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody that needs to be excited and on board about this is. And so I've got That's every cool. reason to believe it's it's going to move forward. Uh,
0: that sounds – I would love to have that in town. Also, when my yes. family comes here and it's like, Something oh, we've do. already eaten six times today, we can, <laughs> <laughs> get can go to the more. Insectarium. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yes. yeah. uh, cool. Is there anything else you, you'd like our listeners to, to know about the Insectarium or – no, it's lost? just,
1: it's, yeah, I'm, I, it's just a unique place. I mean, we've, um, there's not, it's not anything really like it within, you know, 450 miles or so, um, especially when we get to the point when we've got the, the tropical butterfly house. So, and if people like to get involved, um, we're always looking for volunteers to help with field trips and certain programs. Um, you know, I mean, we've, I think we've got a volunteer form on our website um, that I believe is working. I think we had an issue with it at one point, but it should be back up and running. And you know, we're looking for volunteers in a variety of ways. With everything that we're gearing up for, we're certainly gonna need people that can help with fundraising and things like that. Um, But we've got a lot of different volunteer opportunities from everything from sitting at our animal encounter table and showing people bugs and talking to them about what we've got and and what we're about. to you know, even helping in the in the offices with with certain tasks. So, cool variety
0: of different things. Awesome. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for yeah, coming. Yeah, thanks for having thank me. Thank you. This has been Jamie and Travis present.
2: present. Jamie and Travis. Jamie and Travis. Jamie
0: and Travis present. Travis, we have a Patreon site. Yes, we do. Patreon is a crowdfunding website that mm-hmm. allows creators of stuff. Uh, to give their consumers of the stuff they make a chance to contribute. <laughs> uh, and uh, we have one at patreon.com slash Uh It is really us just asking for a little help with some of the uh, sort of day-to-day costs of producing this podcast. Coffee and hosting. Coffee and hosting, and a little bit of uh, taking care of your equipment, yeah. which you donate to love it this um so yeah again patreon.com slash jamie and travis present uh we would really appreciate you checking it out but even if you don't check it out we really appreciate you listening thanks thanks